Today we are diving into the ego, the what, the why, and the how of managing it for your ultimate success. You want to stay tuned all the way through to truly maximize your opportunity to produce at a high level in your life. You see, for a long time, in my opinion, ego's gotten a very bad rap, right? You say, gosh, this, this guy is egotistical. This guy or gal has this hugely inflated ego. And I believe from where I sit, occasionally that ego and narcissism get interchanged. So I'd like to begin by just simply setting up the framework for one versus the other. You see, narcissism is the excessive interest in oneself, right? It's self-importance. It's a heightened view of my own abilities or your own own abilities. This would then ultimately lead into undervaluing the thoughts and contributions of others. That's being narcissistic. You see, to me, having a healthy development of self-esteem is a vital quality that I will help you bring out. It becomes imperative in order to produce at the level that you need to produce, that you seek to produce, that you are actually able to consistently have a good view of self. However, there's no part of this journey that we'll walk on hand in hand, side by side, where I'm ever going to encourage you to put anyone else down, where that would be the critical error. That's the tipping point between having a healthy development of an ego and tipping into narcissism, right? You can be an incredible person, a great husband, wife, mother, father. You can own a phenomenal business. You can have a great body. But then I believe it is our responsibility to extend our hand to help those on their own path of progress. You see, in my time here, right, my time on earth, back as I jump into my custom clothing career, I had an incredible opportunity to spend time with some really high-level producers. I'm talking individuals that made seven or eight figures a month fairly easily. Now, they had many things in common, which I'm going to consistently share with you. But one of the biggest things that I noticed is they all had an immense self-value. But self-value, or a healthy ego, never spun into narcissism. Right? They had a healthy self-worth. They had good vision of who they were. They had a value they put on their time. But they never put those people down that were in their own process of progress. You see, I just had a conversation today with a client of mine who was sharing some things that someone shared with him. He had shown this woman pieces and parts of some of my training. And while I appreciate the sharing, the screenshots that he sent back were less than favorable. And I'm going to paraphrase to you something along the lines of, I would never trust anyone that wore the same shirt three times in a row. And anybody that refers to people as average is conceited and egotistical. Well, as I shared and poured into my client and would like to share with you, I wear the same shirt all the time because I want my words to have a greater impact than the imagery on the videos. You see, 
the less I can distract you from the ultimate message and gift, the better off you're going to be able to retain the information. If I'm moving around consistently, if you're always curious about what outfit I have on, if I'm in different backgrounds and settings, it can detract from most people's learning style. More importantly than even that is the sheer fact, as I shared with him, in order to begin to operate like the top 5% that most of us are in search of, we have to begin to understand, in my opinion, that 50% of the people are not going to inherently like us. That comes from the fact that we become polarizing. But it's the other 30% that, you know, ascend above that, that are, are truly going to have, take exception to us. Right, so 50% of the people, as I reframe this and rephrase it, are going to be a little indifferent to you. Right? They're living their own lives, they're doing their own things. Then you have the 30%, which total would be 80%, that take exception to where you're at, what you're doing. They're going to find and pick something wrong with you. I take that with open arms. See, I'm not too worried about that 30%, nor the other 50%. I came to the realization long ago, which I hope to open up inside of you, that if you wish to produce at a high level and an elite level, and production can mean anything to anyone, perhaps you want to be the best mother or father that has ever existed. Maybe you want the most incredible body that gives you longevity that you can live to be 150 years old. Or perhaps for you, it means that you want to produce a great business or be a phenomenal employee. In order to achieve that, you're going to have to operate in a way that is unconventional to the masses. You're going to have to operate that way because you're seeking out things that are greater than the masses are currently achieving. That's okay. It comes with a territory, but it's that ironclad wherewithal that's going to truly create the difference between you and the rest. So as I pivot back into the conversation about ego and narcissism, right? It's just been an underlying tone throughout today. That narcissism is a developmental state that is naturally and typically grown out of. Now I said naturally and typically because obviously you and I both know some people that are incredibly narcissistic. I can share with almost complete certainty that during the stages of their evolutionary growth, something was left a bit incomplete. Now when I say incomplete, it's not a judgment, it's not a dispersion, it's simply factual. That sometime before the age of six, we are, develop, we are developing the sense of self, i.e. the sense of narcissism versus the world, right? Us versus them. And if you are still narcissistic, which you might be as you're listening, if we pivot back to those times in your life, sometime prior to six, there was some parts of you that could be further heightened, made more aware, I would call it more actualized. You could experience a level of ascension that would have you feeling more holistically full, which then would compartmentalize that growth and have you ascend it, right? Because eventually I believe that we're all here to live the best life possible. And the best life to me might mean different, something different to you because your best life is just that, it's yours. So I want to put some skin around this for you to make sure that it's, it's sinking in because these are some obscure topics, right? This is a different way to look. So as we 
go back into early stages of development, let's think about infants, right? If you had a baby yourself, you realize this, or if you've been around young children, if not, bear with me. It's going to make sense. It's not ultra heady. You see, infants are ultimately wrapped up in their own consciousness, their own world, until their consciousness increases and that they're able to understand there is more to the world than just them. Think about the child that screams at 2 o'clock in the morning because he's hungry or because she's soiled her diaper. They're not ultimately concerned with the world around them, and there's no differentiation between them and the world. This will eventually lead to children growing up into adolescence, and when developed, they're able to put themselves into other people's shoes. Again, I share this because as we walk down this path together over the course of this show, you'll see that I believe in a scientific approach to bettering the lives of those people that come into my sphere of influence. And if you do nothing more than consume this content on the podcast, I can assure you that if you apply it, your life will change. Because again, let's say, just for sake of argument, that you're one of those individuals that has a difficult time being able to put yourself truly in other people's shoes. Well, sometime during adolescence, again, from six until 14 or 15, that part of you that develops, that grows, that needs nurtured and coddled and educated didn't get all the building blocks. That doesn't mean that something is wrong with you. It doesn't mean that you're inherently flawed or broken. I view it as a beautiful opportunity to get real with where you're at so that we can make an impact into how your brain processes everything that it receives. You see, if during those time periods you had not yet truly developed in a holistic manner, then certainly it's going to manifest itself into your life today. You see, this requires us, though, again, to be brutally honest with ourselves about what we didn't get as children the developmental holes that could exist. That creates some uncertainty inside of us because we have to begin to look at our parents more subjectively. We have to consider their habits, their thoughts, what they taught us, what they didn't, what we received from them and what we wish we would have. You see, there's the bias that exists between your eyes, your ears, and your brain that is going to be different than your parents ultimately believe to be the truth. It doesn't mean that they are right and you are wrong or vice versa. It simply means there's areas of growth and opportunity for you and through you, most likely for them and your entire family tree. You see, once you can become extremely honest with yourself and once you can look at the truth, the facts, your truth of where you have been and the pieces and parts that you wish were slightly different, this doesn't mean, again, your parents could be still married. You could have grown up in the most phenomenal household. You could have had the best meals, the best of everything. There's parts of your childlike self that still wishes something else would have happened. That's okay. It's once we accept that to be possible. It's when we view that to be true that we can begin to grow around it. You see, in order to develop and move through your narcissism, we have to increase your conscientiousness. That's for all of us. That's not just you, that's me as well. We have to continually grow. And there's different paths and different ideologies for both females and males from how I view it. See, as I look at it, females go through three major states of growth and evolution. 
They begin to be selfish, just as I did as a male. Then they jump into more of a caring idea, and then finally into universal care. Think about it, right? Women specifically, you started caring just about yourself. It's okay, so did we as men. From that standpoint, you eventually started to care about others, right? Your tribe, the friends in your neighborhood, maybe the clique in high school or junior high, and your family. Then at some point in the future, you began to look at the world as a whole and probably care about more than just was in front of you. You see, each stage of growth for both males and females is considered a holon. That's H-O-L-O-N. Holon is the acceptance, again, that as we transcend something, we look back and include it. Think atoms to molecules to cells. In order to have a cell, you must have molecules. In order to have a molecule, you must have atoms. And so they're all a holon in nature. See, males, they go through something slightly different. Males start with selfish, right? Same as females. But then they typically jump into rights and then justice. Now, this comes from the tribalistic nature of evolution as we see it. But again, every man has a feminine energy as well as a masculine, and every female has a masculine as well as a feminine. And so there's a healthy balance. None of this is a specifically flag in the ground, this is how you are. None of these are generalized subjects. None of these are generalized conversations. These are simply a way to view what could be possible. And once you consider what is possible, you begin to awaken to something that could be greater. And that's the idea of living an optimized life. You see, the most common way to view both male and female psychological evolution is to start with the me, right? I'm worried about me. I'm worried about my needs. Am I fed? Am I clothed? Then I start to worry about us, right? Does my family have clothing, right? As I grow up and I, I mature, do my friends have clothing and the things they need? And then eventually I worry about all of us. And all of us could be the city, the state, the nation, the world. We begin to worry about a more global mindset. So as we peel it back and we talk about that narcissistic and ego-based conversation, selfish is where we really have to start. Right? Because if you're narcissistic, you're probably a little bit selfish. And the selfish nature is referred to as pre-conventional. And to refer to that is because children have not yet learned conventional rules for society. And so many of us, again, this is pre-six, were not taught true efficiency here. We didn't have somebody to model, to actually actualize this level. So think about this. No matter how old you are, from somewhere between four and six, those two years of your growth Things came into your awareness that helped you break down the narcissistic side of you and grow through it, or parts of you have always left it there open. More importantly, once you know this, you can pivot this around on your own children. Think right now, if you have a three or four-year-old, what you can do to help them actualize the narcissistic side of themselves and bridge them into a less selfish side. See, at age six or seven is really when that big shift occurs, or is when it's supposed to at least. This is where children begin to process the role of quote-unquote others. Right? Let's 
I want to give you a little example real quick. Let's say I'm with a five-year-old right now, and I have a book in my hand. The front cover of the book is green. The back cover is blue. And I show the child the book on both sides, right? They see the green from blue. They know the colors. But then when I hold up the book and they see the front and it's blue, and I say, what color am I looking at on my side? Their answer is going to be blue. Because they're not able to differentiate what they see from what I would see. You see, by seven, if that same question is asked, if development is clicking along at the right pace and speed, the seven-year-old is actually able to say to me, well, you're seeing green and I'm seeing blue. This is where that selfish part of, of us starts to gravitate in towards the care part of us. And then from there, it also ties into the all of us. Like think about you and your adolescent peer group. Think about what would happen when you were in high school and your group of four to six, maybe eight friends, something happened to one of you. You were told you couldn't wear a certain outfit or speak a certain way. Somebody gave you a hard time and it was, man, that person's against us. Man, those, those people are wanting to cause harm to us. It becomes us versus the larger us, right? Us versus them. This is incredibly impactful to take note of and realize as you're taking stock of where you have opportunities for growth. You see, personal development in its own right is a hodgepodge of different ideologies. And I understand this. This is just one thing that I have found to create massive, massive shifts and changes in all of my clients' life. And that's getting very real and clear on where they're at. Not only in the fact of how much money is in their bank accounts, not only where their body sits, not only what they feel like in their relationships, but let's get real with the stuff that's difficult. Let's start to have conversations and write down and understand the areas of opportunity for ourselves and our development. Because until you're able to truly start to itemize where you can grow in your own development, you're almost bound to repeat the same patterns over and over again. Yes, what will end up happening is you work with a coach, you work with a mentor, you buy a training, you do something. And you get that lift, right? You feel excited. Maybe you see some more money in your bank account or maybe your body starts to change. And the world has finally become right. And while you're working with that coach or mentor or whoever it would be, it feels like you're almost invincible. And then at some point, there's a shift. The mentor leaves or your agreement comes to an end. And given enough time, you retreat back to some of the old ways. And you question, man, did this really work? What is this? Why did it happen? Well, it's my belief that it happened because that mentor, that coach, that specialist never actually helped you put together the pieces of who you were. You see, from a holistic standpoint, then once you grow, you can maintain growth. Let's talk about this as though you were a house, right? You have a foundation that was poured. If the foundation has holes in it, but you stack bricks upon it, eventually the house is going to cave in, no matter how tall and sturdy it might seem. And so what I suggest and what I teach and what I help with is actually 
pushing through some of those foundational cracks, going back in before pouring fuel on a fire inside of your business, before truly optimizing your body, before finding the relationship, and we do some internal self-work. And don't just take my word for it that this is a place you should go down. There's a phenomenal resource I'd like to clue you into right now. That is the Human Potential Institute. The Human Potential Institute are one of the places where I have learned a tremendous amount about not only how to show up as a better version of me, but how to help other people show up as a better version of them. The best part of the Human Potential Institute, which can be found at humanpotentialinstitute.com, is it's an ICF-accredited course. ICF is the International Coaching Federation. And so what that means is once you graduate from the Human Potential Institute, once you pour into yourself at that level, and you're given the gifts of knowing how to help people and help yourself in almost any situation, you also have the accreditation to walk into Fortune 500 companies and professional environments knowing that you meet an incredibly high standard of excellence that can make an impact in people's lives. And as we talk about making an impact in people's lives, I would like to offer you a chance to have greater impact in your life. If you head over to the op, just optimizelifeshow.com, you'll see that this episode and every other episode is transcribed and comes with a value-added PDF to help you apply what you learned here. You see, it's truly my goal to help you optimize your life looking for nothing in return. So much so that after you have a chance to download the PDF, grab the transcription, and invite you into the private Facebook group of Optimize Life, where we go even deeper into these subjects, completely complimentary. You can find that on Facebook or on the OptimizeLifeShow.com. It's a simple button to click. I have one more favor to ask of you before we get jump back into the content, and that is if you can leave me a five-star review on Optimize Life with Ryan Nidell and leave a written review, it would help me tremendously. It's my goal to become one of the new and noteworthy podcasts inside of iTunes, and I can't do that without your help. It would mean the world to me to have you subscribe, leave a five-star review, and leave a written review about anything that I've done to add value to your life. As I jump back into the, the meat and potatoes of this episode, I want to tie this all into Monday's show, right? Spiral dynamics and the construct that exists there is something that can be applied to everything in life. And when you learn how to apply it, you start to increase your level of consciousness. You start to ascend. You start to be able to do more. And the game of life as it sits in front of you, it feels like you have the instruction manual in your hand. No longer does life happen to you. It happens for you. You can have more efficient communication with all people around you, which helps serve the greater good of you and all of us. That is what I'm helping you do. Optimize your life from the inside out. And this basic model of me, us, and all of us applies perfectly to the eight slash nine levels inside of Spiral Dynamics. Think about it. Stage one, stage two, and stage three. Those essentially are all based around the me idea. That level three is red, right? That's a power God level. That's the culmination of the highly ego-based model. And that person actually is able to act out of great force. 
Right? Those are the people that stomp their foot and say, it's my business. We're doing it this way. These are the people that say, it's my way or the highway. Those are the individuals. It might be you and it's okay. Right? You need to have some of this in you to be able to transcend this level. Don't beat yourself up. But when you have this in you, it's okay to now shift, right? Because in stage four and stage five, which are blue and orange, the narcissistic tendencies actually get pushed into a group ideology. You start to think about things that are happening, not just to you, but to your entire group. Again, go back to junior high and high school. Think about the, the clique that you ran around with. Think about the friend group that you had and all the things that happened to one of you that felt like they happened to all of you. Orange is a little unique though, right? That level five consciousness, because it has traits of both us and all of us in that level, right? It has some of both. You're actually tiptoeing right on the edge. And this makes me want to share with you that each new level of your life is going to have a new devil, right? What I mean by that is no matter what you talk about, whether it's this arbitrary, you know, maybe confusing construct of spiral dynamics, whether it's the new job and the new promotion, the nicer car, maybe the better relationship. The new issues that you have come from new levels. I mean, think about it. The problems that you have as a $30,000 a year employee are different than the problems you're going to face as a $200,000 a year business owner. I know for me personally, the problems that I have faced inside of a relationship change with the level of woman that I'm dating. What I mean by that is, right, I've, I've been incredibly fortunate to spend time and, and date some really amazing people. But I view my wife, Lindsay, to be one of the most gorgeous creatures I've ever met before. And by the nature of that, I'm not the only one that sees that. She gets plenty of attention from the opposite sex on a consistent basis, both one-to-one, face-to-face, and also through social media. It's to be accepted and expected from where I sit. That can't bother me. It shouldn't bother me because I've ascended to a new level. There's going to be new stresses which require me to actually show up as a better version of myself, which makes life even better. Right. So as you keep growing, as you keep ascending and transcending these levels as you keep looking at this from a a holistic standpoint and focusing on the whole lines of transcending and including what happened before realize that each new step each new level of progression is going to have new frustrations and in those new frustrations are actually the gifts because as you become too more attuned into managing those frustrations and accepting those frustrations and navigating those frustrations, it's actually pushing you towards the next level. How many of us, how many of you, maybe you yourself have said multiple times, man, it was just easier back when I had this. Life was simpler. I know I'm guilty. The number of times I said life was so much easier back when I was just selling cars. I wish I would have just stayed selling cars, right? Because it was simple. I had to show up to work, just worry about myself, made good money, had two days off a week, and it was easy. As a business owner now, I have payroll, I have staff, I have issues, I have growth, I have scale. And so occasionally I look back and quote unquote, wish for the simpler life. But in all actuality, 
I don't wish it was simpler. I just wish I was better. And the only way to truly become better at anything is with practice. And practice takes navigating the difficult waters, the uncertain waters, the places you haven't traveled yet before. But as you travel those and you operate through them, you get to transcend them. And this ties into right, what most you and I are probably dealing with, which is some sort of information passed down from the baby boomer generation. Yes, the baby boomers, right? I'm a 35-year-old man. My mother and father were both baby boomers. They were known for, during the Vietnam War, the, the thoughts of fighting the system and questioning all authority, right? Now, protesters back then would have claimed it to be from a universal moral principle, right? The war is inherently bad. This was tied to back then, right? The, the hippie generation, the place in which psychedelics were used, LSD, maybe some MDMA, definitely mushrooms. And so that heightened level of conscientiousness, the, the connection to other individuals, the thought that we are one and the same, apparently had them pushing back and saying that everything had to be questioned. This eventually spun into, no one tells me what to do, right? The, the war is a wrong thing and I'm not going to go into it. Now, there's been a lot of research done on this exact topic and how it applies to both you and I. You see, to start with, at a base level, when you or I hear that, at least when I hear that, it makes sense to me. Right? You've got some heightened conscious, consciousness and access to maybe the greater universal oneness using psychedelics and it opened up the window to the soul and said, we're all one and the same. War is bad. Fight the system. No one tells me what to do. But those were words that were spoken. And the words certainly have meanings, but the psyche is not necessarily attached to that meaning or the agreement with it. So if you fight all the injustices from all levels, it would actually be impossible for you to grow to second-tier awareness. Let me explain that. I know this is, this is out there for a second, but narcissism in another form with another way to, to quantify it is the sheer fact of believing no one will ever tell you what to do. This is actually what the baby boomers were known for. It's what they are known for, which then stops them from ascending into what could be and locks them into the thoughts of absolutes of what are. Those absolutes then were taught to you and taught to me. We believe them to be our truth. It's like we're a self-fulfilling prophecy on not being able to see the world for greater good. Now, certainly many of us are waking up to a different possibility. Many of us are questioning our internal belief system. We see that in the evolution of gay marriage. Right? And this is not a pro or con conversation. This is just a, a heightened awareness of what could be. We see this in women's rights. We see this as things become more questioned. You see, in order to ascend and then transcend into a higher level of consciousness, we actually must begin to relax into a less rigid structure. That's what this episode's all about. Having a greater understanding of the ego 
how it interplays with narcissism, which allows you a greater sense of awareness. From that greater sense of awareness, you can choose what version you want to stay stuck in or what version you want to grow into. Potentially that comes from downloading the PDFs at optimizelifeshow.com. Potentially that comes from listening into the podcast you're listening to now. Potentially comes from doing additional work on yourself, either with me or with someone else. Or maybe, maybe the new ascension comes from dabbling in psychedelics in a clinical type of setting. Either way, as you begin to question what is possible and you relax into the greatest sense of good, you become more aware of things that are less rigid. It's one of the biggest things I share with my clients. When something goes wrong, when something triggers you, when you get upset by something, I'd like you to take just this piece of advice. Let's say you're at your, your desk right now. Say you're at your office and you get an email and, or a coworker just bothers you to no end. And you sit there and you angrily stare at the screen and you, you peck away at the, at the keyboard. You're just mad and frustrated. The first thing I want you to do is shift your phase. I want you to slide your chair back six inches from your desk. Release the tension in your grip. Then take a deep breath and feel your belly soften. Serious. Just take a deep breath. Feel your belly soften. From that point in your mind, smile. Smile at yourself for having the response. Smile at yourself for having the awareness to be able to slide back and do this. Smile at yourself for being able to pick up on the fact of they're running their own patterns and cycles. This little exercise is the first exercise in just overall awareness of where you are and what's going on. We're all running our own patterns. Our own awareness is all that we have. And so as you heighten your awareness, you heighten your levels. And as you heighten your levels, you get more triggers because new levels have new devils. In all actuality, that exercise that I just explained to you, less than 2% of the current U.S. population is able to do this. So are you one of them? Do you want to be one of them? If so, to me, head over to optimizelifeshow.com. Join the conversation. Download the PDFs. They're complimentary. I don't want anything from you for it. Join the private Facebook group. These are things that will better your life. Because there's more awareness that's being found there. There's deeper conversations and I can have just one-sidedly. I want feedback from you. And I can't get that unless we're involved in the conversation. So what should you do now? Right? That's the ultimate question. We're here. We're growing your awareness, giving you the idea of sliding back your chair and shifting phases, softening your stomach, smiling, being grateful and thankful for the moment, which heightens your awareness. And I've also given you some different points along this me versus us versus all of us. And that depending on where you're at and where you get most stuck is probably the area of opportunity during your developmental growth stages that could use some work. It's okay, my friend, to say, I could use some work on me. It's okay to say, I don't have all this figured out. It's okay to say, 
I want something greater than what I have. And the patterns that I'm running don't fully serve me. You see, in order to make that happen, in order to truly make that happen, you're going to have to get real with yourself. You're going to have to take inventory and stock of where you're at in your life and what is serving you and what is not. That's an incredibly difficult exercise for most to do. It's an exercise that I have attached on this PDF from this episode. It's getting very clear with the facts, the facts on where you're at in the foundational areas of your life, the facts on where you're at psychologically, the facts on where you're at so we can get clear on where you want to go. Because my friend, you, in order to shift your position in life, you're going to have to backfill where you've been and begin to move your thinking because you are not able to transcend a problem from the same place in which you created it. And all of us have problems in our current life. These tools, these things will give you actionable items, give you takeaways to positively not only impact your life, but I'd like you to share this with the tribe around you. You see, I know another thing to be 100% certain. We have different ways in which we assimilate information. You listening to this show is an auditory form. You viewing transcriptions is a visual form. You writing down things on a PDF is a kinesthetic form. You sharing it with someone else is a verbal form. See, I have a saying that is if you, you have to teach what you learn to somebody else because if you can't teach it, you don't know it. And if you don't know it, you can't live it. So what I'd love for you to do from this episode is not only go download the PDF, not only complete the worksheet on it, but then share it with someone else. Take an honest stock of where you're at and what you want and have somebody else do the same. You see, not only you, but your children, whether born or unborn, your parents, whether alive or no longer, everyone deserves and everyone's going to benefit from you growing into the next best version of yourself truly becoming optimized. It's from that place, this is Ryan Nidell wishing you truly unlimited success.